G'day everybody and welcome to the Coaching Podcast. I'm your host Emma Doyle, coach for success in sport and business. G'day everybody, Emma Doyle here. Just thought I'd give you a little bit of background about Yoko Akimoto. We met many years ago when I was traveling on the tennis tour, working with some players and she was there as a fitness instructor and we instantly connected on a number of levels shared values comes to mind and she was just an absolutely beautiful soul i really loved spending time with her and i respected the way she worked with her players she really got on with things yet she made it fun and had a a beautiful smile and, and always a joke about it. So uh, when I did travel to Japan, I got to stay at her place and meet her family. And uh, during that time, she had actually broken her ankle. So I had to do the driving. Now, she did have a very cool little red convertible car, but it would be fair to say that I was a little unfamiliar with the Japanese road laws and I believe I rolled through a stop sign, accidentally, of course. Next thing you know, sure enough, I got pulled over and the policeman was dressed immaculately. And after about a long 30-minute conversation with Yoko, where she was explaining that uh, I was from Australia and despite having an international driver's licence, I certainly wasn't familiar with the rules or... In Australia, sometimes maybe we let a few things slide, but with her respectful tone and empathy and all those great coaching skills, she somehow managed to get me out of the ticket, thank goodness. But we've remained great friends ever since, and I've visited her home in the beautiful south of France, not too far from Patrick Moratoglu's academy. So if you're ever down that way, I highly recommend you seek out amazing coaches such as Anthony and Yoko. They also met when Anthony was working with a number of tour players as well. That's how their relationship started. And now they've got a couple of kids, like I said, living in the most beautiful part of France when they're not coaching on the tour. So I hope you enjoy this bite-sized interview. Uh, I certainly do aim to bring you a diversity of cultures, nationalities, backgrounds. I love how different people interpret the the stock standard questions as well. And uh, I hope you enjoy these two bite-sized interviews on The Coaching Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Coaching Podcast. I am sitting on the French Riviera um, with the most stunning view, the sun hitting us. I'm, I'm thinking maybe I might be French. I love chocolate, I love cheese, I love wine. Um, and I'm sitting here with Anthony and thank you so much for having me. I'm a town just outside of Nice um, in a place called Agay and I just, it's stunning. And every day, as, as you just said, the sun set and the sun rise, it's it's so different and changeable, and um, thank you for having me. But we'll, we'll get straight to the to the, the interview. The first question is the Vegemite question. You either love it or you hate it. What, what's your take on Vegemite? I hate Vegemite, <laughs> and I cannot understand how people can love it. It's a mystery for me. Yeah, a bit like Fragois, like I <laughs> No, um, but you do love Melbourne, even though you hate Vegemite? Of course. So, because you answered that way, could you begin by sharing a coaching moment that didn't go so well, and what were the lessons? I think I 
what I hate the most is the people who are working in tennis but for something else than tennis. Yeah. I cannot understand it. There is something which is really hard to accept for me. If you are in, in tennis, it's because of passion, I think, most of the time. So you have to do, you have to think about tennis first and the people who are playing tennis first. And then maybe uh, money, uh, uh, ego of the coaches, of the president or directors or everything comes after. But I met many people who are thinking about something else than tennis first, mm -hmm. or people who are ten playing tennis first, mm -hmm. and it it drives me mm -hmm. crazy. And even the discussion this morning about empty courts, empty yep. courts, and ridiculous amount of fees to rent them. Yet if they just changed their business model, they'd get more people playing tennis. Many people want to play tennis, but they don't want to to step in a, in a system they have to pay before they did something yeah. it's crazy first you come you play and you will see if you can do something with it it's the only way to to join people around you and your best coaching experience oh i had many um one is um one is a little bit strange, but uh, when I started as a coach in a little village, a little girl came. She was coming from uh, what we, we we can call it a ghetto. Uh, her mom doesn't speak French at that time. Uh, she has brothers. They are not gangsters, but not so far. The little girl was eight years old, and um, she started to play tennis. She became quite good player for the region but um, impossible to turn pro but really high level and uh, for, for um, someone who is playing for fun and it opened her so many different gates and uh, it changed I'm sure it changed her point of view about her situation her, the life of her family and everything it's unbelievable adventure but uh, she studied a lot um, she was she became unbelievable girl totally different as the others uh, around her and uh, now she's working in the uh, south of France for Airbus she, she has um, really good um, work she's director of uh, around 200 people she is traveling all around the world and she's still playing tennis for fun every time she can it's unbelievable story for me it's maybe as strong as going to Grand Slam with a player you know from maybe since two years or two years and a half. Maybe you, you have shared many things with, with the, your players, like restaurant, good memories also. You have to wait at the airport for hours and hours, so you talk and you talk and you, you, you will never forget that you were in Dubai for five hours in the night maybe. But um, this is a real nice adventure, I think. It's really powerful. Great story. Thank you for sharing that. The next question is a sliding doors question. Oh, I don't know. It's about, uh, for me, it's about listen, listening to my heart. So I don't have any plan, really. And um, I try to, to do exactly what I, what I want, what I feel, step by step. If you have to choose one direction, there is no stress about it. You will have to choose. You will choose. 
at least you will choose one. And which one? The one of your heart. Yeah. So, something will happen, you will react, and you will choose something which is what you think is good for you. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, it's really important to know how to listen to your heart. In one to a maximum of three words, what do you think makes a great coach? Passion, energy, and um, I don't know how you call it. Bienveillance, when you want to be, you want to be good with the person, you want to be good in the relation with the person in front of you. Sounds, sounds better in French anyway. <laughs> um, and finally, the last question is where we ask you to ask us a question. How did you start? What is the, the point where you know that you cannot go back, like you have to go as far as possible and you have to be the best as possible in on this plan, which is the, the depart point. Because every time there is something, one event or one meeting with someone or a, a special session somewhere, but something has made make it start. For sure. So I want to know what is this moment. Most of the time, it's uh, it's about meeting with someone. Merci beaucoup. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's You're been a pl thank you for having. A pleasure. Me. It was a pleasure, really. Hello and welcome to the Coaching Podcast. I'm Emma Doyle here with my good friend and excellent tennis coach, Yoko Akimoto. We've known each other many, many years. Um, and being a fantastic coach and her mum, her, her little boy Jay, her two-year-old Jay is also with us in the interview. So uh, that's part of being a, a mum and a coach. Um, he's with us as well. So listen, we'll get started. The first question, Yoko, is the Vegemite question. You either love it or you hate it. Generally hate <laughs> okay, so you dislike it. So as a result of answering, by the way, your other son tried it. He loved it this morning. So that's that's brilliant news. Um, because you chose that answer, could you share with us a coaching experience that didn't go so well? And what did you learn? And all the time, if you feel doesn't going well, I think about what's going on. And if I can change quickly, I try to change something quickly. Yes. And all the time try to adapt the situation because all the time, every second, it can be changed. It can be changed. Yeah. And on the flip side of that, your best coaching moment. Have you got a moment that that stands out as something that you're really proud of? Yes. I, I felt some, for example, me as a fitness coach, I felt sometimes with some players, I felt after the training session, not only one time, but a few months or a few weeks, and I f when I felt she or he, the player, deserved to win because what we did, and that time I, I feel, and actually we had a success after that. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. The next question is a sliding doors question. I don't think so. Only, only not from one person. For example, uh, maybe because of some coaches or some, especially maybe from the, some players or even because of my parents or family. Yes, yes. Definitely, it's not one person. One person, yes, yes. And what about even your decision to move to France? I mean, as a coach, you know, obviously... You know, working in Japan, working on the tour, and then what? What was the trigger for that? 
me, as I said before, uh, when I felt the not the failing, but the I need more experience. Uh-huh. And I was 29, and then I thought before 30, I need to do something for my player. I mean, to improve my players also, and that means me. As a coach, I need more experience, yeah. so that's why I, I left from Japan and then I came to France. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Um, the next question in one to a maximum of three words, what do you think makes a great coach? Listen, prepared, simple. Listening means actually it's not only the listen to the player. Me, I think, of course, listen to the player, but also the player wants to talk how they feel or what they want to do that the really shortcut to the success i think and if you have the really good communication or good relationship with the player and uh, naturally the player want to talk how they feel and i think one of the key or success point or uh, we can see the relation is good or not is this point, I mean, the player want to talk, really, to the coach. I like the example we were talking last night over dinner around, ask the player, what color do you like? Uh, could could you just share that quick story again? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, so the, we, we have no time to lose because so many players are success and then success and then fail. But the, So improve the player is really, uh, we have no time to lose. And at that time, I think, directly if the player can say to the coach what they want to do so i i i said to you uh, the example the color for example the player if they can say like what color they like i mean like if they like blue just stay blue otherwise the coach needs to find with a lot of times like what color do you like so maybe blue, maybe black, maybe white. What what you wanna do? What the color? And then already one year we're gonna we're gonna lose. But if the player wanna talk to the coach directly, I like blue. That means like for example like uh, I wanna improve something directly. We can talk this conversation. It's really shortcut. And finally, our last question is where we ask you to ask us a question. What sparks your curiosity? For example, not especially when they feel success or when they are in the moment of success. Me, more if I want to know the player when they were really young, I mean like like 12 or 15 years old, when they wanted, uh, wanted to be the really success and then how they tried to be um, as a player. I mean like every day how they put the energy on court or every day how they did or sometimes the more difficult situation how they came back i mean for example the player if they they lose one month every time like first round rolls after how they came back or something like this thank you so much for being on the show and for having me at your beautiful home here in nice thank you you, emma It's been an absolute pleasure to bring you this episode on The Coaching Podcast. My name's Emma Doyle and I'm a performance co-tour that's coach and mentor. If you'd like to become a high-performance workplace coach, then check out www.emmadoyle.com.au and start your journey today. Thanks for listening.